Hello and welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Tonight I will be visiting with Dylan Stuckey. Dylan and I have known each other for many, many years and he's a good friend of mine and a neighbor. And if you remember just last week, we were able to talk with his wife, Bobby. So we thought that uh, fair play was to just have Dylan on the podcast with us tonight. So Dylan, welcome. Appreciate you being here. Well, I appreciate you asking me. I know we had a standing invitation that uh, the day I became a bishop, you could interview me, and we know that's not going to happen. So, I oh, kinda, are you announcing something? No, no. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving in. So, that's good of you to do. So, Dylan, what's good? What's good in your life? You know, uh, everything in my life is great. You know, I was actually born here in Grant, Idaho. A lot of people don't know that, but I was born at home. I've lived here pretty much all my life with a short stint on my mission. And then we lived down in St. George for a few years. But other than that, been been here in Grant. So. Yeah, what draws you to this little community? It's always been a special place for me. It took me a while to convince my wife how great it was. But I think now that we're here, she realizes how, how special that is. Um, the, the community, the friendships, just an overall the area itself is is what makes it great. A little slice of heaven, wouldn't you say? It is. It yeah. is. Well, Dylan, tell us a little about your life. I'm sure you've had experiences in your life that are uplifting. I'm sure you've conquered things and you've had a good life. So would you mind sharing some of those things? Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm I'm here for a reason. What that reason is, I don't know. But there's several instances in my life that have... You know, by all rights, I probably shouldn't be here, but I am. We'll start off when I was a young little kid. We were over to the neighbor's house playing, and uh, I fell in the ditch there on 100 North and got sucked into the culvert there. I was going to ask my mom the other day, but I forgot. But uh, I was underneath that culvert for a while, and, you know, obviously I lived through that, but... uh, the water was cold enough that when they finally found me and, and pulled me out the other side of the culvert and, and rushed me in, that the water was so cold it just pretty much preserved my life. And uh, I, I don't remember it at all. So at a very young age, you know, that was the first instance in my life. The second one, I was in a car accident the summer between my junior and senior year. Um, we were coming back from... Palisades. We were up there boating and uh, there was construction going on up there. And I got over to the right hand side of the road a little too much and caught a ridge of gravel. And uh, it sucked me over more so into the gravel. And I hit a sign and the sign came down and smashed my windshield and then shot me across all three lanes of the highway and uh, rolled the car. I remember flying through the air and hit the ground and then I think I blacked out for a second and I had, there was myself, um, (laughs) kind of hard to relive it, isn't it? Myself, my younger brother, Jake, and, um, Willie Hansen and Gavin Foster. 
anyways, I, I, when I came to, my little brother was right there, and he, uh, I looked down, and I was like, I couldn't find my shoe. And I was like, dude, you need to go find my shoe. <laughs> I don't know why that sticks with me. Anyways, I couldn't feel my legs. I remember telling my younger brother that he needed to go say a prayer. Because I'd seen the other two people in the vehicle, and I, I thought at that time that I had, that I had killed him. Um, well, I haven't talked about that in a long time. <laughs> How does it feel to talk about it now, Dylan? Feels good. I mean, they, we all, we all survived. You know, I remember, uh, getting to the hospital and, uh, I was a little annoyed cause I, I couldn't feel my legs. I'm like, man, this, this isn't good. They had some x-rays and... They had said that uh, that I'd broke my back, and so I was like, all those thoughts of never being able to walk again start playing in your mind. Um, and then shortly thereafter, my parents showed up, and my dad and Garrett Foster gave me a blessing. And I remember a peaceful, calm feeling that everything was going to be all right. And uh, they took me back for some more x-rays. And as they were taking me back there and doing those x-rays, I started to regain some feeling in my legs. And, uh, you know, the doctors couldn't believe it because they compared the x-rays. And on the second set of x-rays, there was... There's no fracture there. And there um, was on the first one. There was on the first one. You know, and I think it was that that next day I I walked out of the hospital. In fact, I remember walking out and uh, Coach Shippen was coming to see me because he had heard I broke my back. And he just sat there and awe like, I, I thought you broke your back. And I'm like, I did, but I'm, I'm, I'm good. And... Uh, Two weeks after that, we went kayaking down the Salmon River. <laughs> oh, my word. That's kind of a testimony of the power of the priesthood. It is. It's, you know what, it's played a huge role in my life, mm. the power of the priesthood and, and, and what it can, the healing power that it has to those that uh, have that same belief and faith that, right. you know, those miracles can be performed. That was, like I said, my junior year in high school, going into my senior year, and so I think it, you know, played a played a big part in the in the future of of my life, you know. In what ways? Tell us about that. Obviously, you know, I'm grateful that I can walk. Mm-hmm. You know, that you that is huge. It helped me be grateful for my body and trying to respect the things that you know I put into my body that made me somewhat of a decent athlete. I always had this dream to play football for BYU. My grandfather 
used to have shirts made that said, I'm going on a mission and playing football for BYU. That's cool. That was kind of always the plan of wanting to play college football and, and that. And obviously, I didn't pursue that that route. But, uh, you know, those are the things that uh, direct us in our life, the direction we want to go. Was able to serve a full-time mission in the Philippines, which I think was tremendous in my life. You know, I would encourage every young man and young woman that wants to to, to serve a full-time mission. It's hard to explain it unless you've done it. And young kids, I think, have a hard time grasping that. I've been blessed to be a part of the youth in our church. And I would add they're blessed (laughs) equally or more to have you as their leader. Well, I think it all stems from the leaders I had growing up. For those that don't know, Grover Grover was my scoutmaster. Yes, I was. So he could probably (laughs) tell a lot of stories. Yes, I could. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we have time for that. Um, But there were a lot of things taught that you taught me as a youth. And I wasn't the best youth. I was just a little farm kid that... Enjoyed life. (laughs) Enjoyed life and did mischievous things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? That's okay. (laughs) In fact, I think I was your first Eagle Scout. You were, and <laughs> you signed my staff that I made, and that was a pretty proud moment. I think those those things, those impressions that you can leave with the youth of the church. Me and Bobby have been married almost 21 years this July, and the majority of those 21 years I've spent with the youth. Yeah, there's a reason for that, Dylan. I, you know? I, I love the youth. Recently got released, and I had a hard time. Yeah, Yeah, it's a long time to to have a calling with the youth, and then to all of a sudden be done. Yeah. And so, you know, I just always wanted to share my love of the gospel with those youth. Um, I mean, it hasn't changed. I still do a lot of stuff with the youth. Right. Always will. So, let's see. Well, while you're thinking, let me just ask you a quick question. How do you think that accident that you went through changed you or did it? You know, I think it changed me for the aspect of obviously I I lived through it. And it's it's always been in the back of my head that uh, I'm here for a reason. Um, You know, you don't go through those types of things in your life just for nothing. I, I think it plays an important testimony builder in, in your life as well as in in the life of those that you come in contact with or associate with. All right. And I don't know if this was Elder Holland that made this comment or not, but I believe it was him that said, God didn't bring me this far just to bring me this far. Right. <laughs> so we go through things and we continue to go through things and it teaches us life lessons. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I wish it ended there as far as the accidents go. But uh, after I got home off my mission, Mike Miller asked me to go work potato harvest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why not? You know, work a couple weeks, make some pretty good money. Right. And so I went out and uh, that's where I met Bobby. It in is, the potato field? Was the, she hiding? or She was driving truck. And I was like, that's... That's the kind of girl I want. She's out there driving truck. So I was working out there, and if she tells a story, she says I would 
was chasing her, but <laughs> is it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> she was probably right. I'll give her, I'll give her that. You know, I, uh, she had a, her youngest sister. I got her to memorize my phone number, hoping that, uh, she would call me to tell Bobby the number. Yeah. She, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know if I thought in myself that it'd ever work, but it was worth a shot. But then I found out that, uh, she was still in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so for a split second, I was like, no, we better not go down that road. But one night, uh, was coming home from potato harvest and, uh, I was there in Manan and uh, I just installed a new stereo in my car. I was messing around with that and went across the center line and got in a head-on accident right there in Manan. Hell, <laughs> <Yeah, what? laughs> I was in the hospital a few days because I lacerated my liver, had some internal bleeding. But interesting enough, me getting her sister to memorize my phone number kind of, I think, put a little spark in her eyes that uh, she convinced Bobby to bring her and her siblings to the hospital that Sunday. And so they came and visited me, and apparently the whole time they were there, I was holding her hand, but I don't remember that part. You were on drugs. I, I was <laughs> definitely on drugs. <laughs> and so uh, they came and visited me. I uh, got out of the hospital. They still needed help out at potato harvest, so I went out and I just piled the potatoes and I don't know if my mother-in-law felt sorry for me, but she started bringing me dinner every night. <laughs> and uh, we got to talking and uh, found out that my birthday was in October. And she's like, oh, that's that's funny. So it was Bobby's, you know, conversation led to, you know, what are you doing for your birthday? What, you know, and I don't know if it was actually maybe you should take Bobby out, but I kind of. Got the vibe? Got the vibe <laughs> that I needed to ask her out, but I was still a little nervous because our first date, she was still 17. And so I was like, oh man, what a, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were four years older than her, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. four years older than her. Um, she was still in high school and I was like, man, still went down the road, didn't stop me. Right. So we uh, went on that date and... I had fun. I assume she had fun because... Well, you got five kids now, she, so. <laughs> she She went on a second date and they're on and uh, we, uh, we got engaged in um, February and uh, she was still a senior in high school. And so not as awkward as one would think for the fact that her mother was in high school and she got, got married. So okay. we at least waited till she got out of high school. Well, good. So, whether that wreck played a part in her feeling sorry for me, I don't know. We'd we definitely have to ask her that. But, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that we'll ever know here on Earth what that reasoning might be. So, yeah, that's interesting. That's a very interesting story. Dylan, what, what's important to you? to be a good influence on the youth. Why is that such an important thing for you? You know, I, as you stated, we, we have five kids. I have four girls and a boy. And, you know, I, I remember as a youth, those leaders that had, you know, influenced me in my life that has always instilled in me that I want to influence those around me 
because I know someday someone's going to have to help influence my kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Bobby talked a little bit of her kids last week and she talked about mom and dad hours. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to be honest. When I first heard my kids go, it's dad hours. I was like, what are you talking about? I think I was probably a little annoyed. Like, mm-hmm. just tell them what they want to hear. But as I, I sat and thought about that, it made sense because a lot of times Bobby's the only one home. And so automatically our kids would go on and, and ask her. Right, right. And uh, I, it was just the other day, Bobby's trying to play the piano and Aspen's trying to do some homework. I'm on the couch and she's trying to ask mom these questions while mom's playing the piano and I'm sitting right there. Well, I think our kids get in the habit of it's always mom. And so I, I yelled, Hey, Aspen, come here. I'll, I'll help you. And she picked up her paper and came right over like that. I think they just don't think that right. it's a habit for them, right? Mm-hmm. To just go ask mom, just go ask mom. Doesn't so, mean they care less about you. They just uh, abso- not used to that. You know? Absolutely not. And so I think, you know, I joke about it now that, yeah, it's dad hours and she's right. I usually say, well, what did your mom say? <laughs> There's two questions. What did your mom say? And did you do your chores for the day? And they know if, if they say no to either one of those, my answer is probably going to be no to. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think just that in general with being part of the youth, I think that's the most influential time in, in, in our lives right. is at that age. And so if I can influence just one, one youth that, you know, might not have had, you know, the best of life being brought up or mm-hmm. struggled with something. And, and not even if I knew if I ever made that influence, but just, just dealing with every youth as if, yeah. you know, just being there, just, for just, just being there. Sometimes that's all it takes, right? Dale? I think so. You're, you care about them and it's through your interactions. But I've seen you interact with, with the youth and you're fun with them. You actually have fun with them. And to me, if I was a youth, I would be drawn to that because, uh, you know, sometimes we look at adults as being old or out of date or just not in touch with the youth. But you are. And that's impressive. You know, I, it, I think it makes me feel like I'm young. Mm-hmm. I, you know, even though my wife says I act like I'm young, I, it makes me feel it makes me feel young. So. Yeah. And that's why you have that great connection with the youth, you know. I think so. I, I really think that part has played a role in my life to mm-hmm. to keep going, to never give up, you know, and I yeah. and, and I, I think that's probably the same way the the savior is on me. Just keep going, don't give up. Like it's the yeah. same it's the same mentality that we if we can all apply that in our lives that uh, we'll get there eventually. Just don't give up and keep going and yeah, what a great message that is. So as you as you see yourself moving forward, where do you see yourself? And how do you see yourself in the future? Well, I you know, I, as I was thinking about this today, I uh I have a goal. It's a pretty wild goal to retire by the time I'm 55 so that me and Bobby can can serve a few missions while we can still move, you know. And we're going to try our hardest to, to get there. 
because I, I, I can't do it myself. And so now whether I actually get to retire when I'm 55, but I think we'll try to get as close as we can so that I can still be an example to the youth, you know, to missionaries, to, to those types of things. Like that is what I want for myself and for, for Bobby, you know, there's a lot of things in life I want, but when I really think about it, they're not wants, they're, they're needs, but that being able to, to serve a full-time mission with my wife is definitely a want that will, will come true someday. So those are the, those are the things that keep me going every day, aside from my family, you know. Um, our oldest turned 18 yesterday. Oh, you're officially old. Yeah. <laughs> I, we officially have an adult in the house. <laughs> um, but just like you talked last week with Bob, we, we've tried to instill in our children worth ethic to be, you know, a good contributor in, in society. Right. I used to think that this day was going to suck, you know. Which day? When my oldest turned 18. Like, okay. You know, getting ready to graduate, go out on her own. Yeah. Did it? No, it's it's exciting. Like, I'm excited to go see what, what she does. Mm-hmm. Just from what I've already seen in, in her. And I hope that she can be that example to the other four kids. You yeah. know, we've... Bobby's built a great business with the kids and we're hoping that as they go on, they can each take a, a part of that business with them. Cause it's not something that, that we need to survive or anything like that. It's, it's something that if, if they want it, they can have it, you mm-hmm. know, it's built, go take it. And hopefully that can help in the start of their life. You know, you, you look at what, uh, houses cost nowadays. I don't know how any, I don't either. Any young couple can go and do that without some type of supplemental income. And if it's something they can do at the home, I think that that is even better. That's great. And like I told Bobby last time, teaching them great work ethics, and it'll just progress from here. So, well, with the little time we have left, is there any advice that you would give to people that perhaps, I mean, you talked about the accidents and how it changed your life. What piece of advice can you give to people who look for a change and how can they make that change? I think the number one thing, and we touched on it, is to never give up. Keep looking forward. Involve your parents in in some of those hard life decisions. But not only that, to not forget our Heavenly Father. He's always there. He's always been there in my life and he's always going to be there in everybody's life so those that you know might not know what direction they need to go in life you know don't give up seek for his guidance you know it's always there it's it's up to us to go and find it because it's there as you told that story about that accident you were in with mm-hmm one of the first things you said to your brother was to go say a prayer. And that's what you're talking about right now. Seek that guidance. And it was even important enough to you, even after a major accident like that, to tell your brother to say a prayer. So that tells me that's something that's instilled in you. Yeah, it is. You know, <laughs> speaking of prayer last night, 
our nine-year-old boy, Braxton, was saying his prayers. And he's at that age where, you know, a two-second prayer is about all you're going to get out of him. He would, he would always, he would kneel, he kneels down and he says, Heavenly Father, thank you for, and then he pops his head up and he looks around and he'll say clocks and because that's the first thing he sees. Last night, he said, Heavenly Father, thank you for, and he popped his head up for a second. He goes, people. And I was like, whoa, time out, time out, time out. Why don't we say thankful for your activity day leaders that you were just at an activity? And he goes, Dad, they're people too. It's just quicker to say that. And it made us all laugh, <laughs> oh, you yeah. know. And so I think just taking that time with your kids to, uh, to show how important prayer is in, in one's life. It is. And, and then you have great moments, you know, and we all got a kick out of it. But hopefully one of these days I hear boys are slower than girls. He'll eventually catch on and have, you know, a more meaningful prayer. Not that his prayers aren't meaningful. It's just. Sure. They're just one sentence deals for a boy. And that's a start, right? That's a, absolutely. That's a start. You know, the first prayer I was ever taught by my mom, it went like this. Heavenly father, look down above, bless mom and dad and those I love. And that was my prayer for the longest time as a boy. And of course you have that foundation now and you build upon that. And that's what you're teaching your children is that foundation. Well, Dylan, you're an awesome individual and the people out in this community are lucky to have you. I know my wife thinks a lot of you as I do, uh, but she looks forward to those hugs every Sunday. I hope you know that. Well, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it for good. sure. I, you know, I, and, and the same to you. You've been a, you know, a pillar in my life from a youth, even, even till this day, you know, I, I remember when you got your doctor degree and you threatened to punch me if I ever called you Dr. Ray. Yep. And I still will. That still stands. <laughs> <laughs> but just so you know, you've, you've been a, a great pillar in my life and inspiration in, in the things that I do, especially on a more eternal level. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I felt like you do, being able to have an influence on somebody f for the good. That not that what we're here on the earth to do? Absolutely. Isn't that part of our mission? If if we can just help one person, yes. I think that's yeah. where it's at. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for taking time out to come over and, and be on this podcast. It's very uplifting and inspiring to me. Uh, I do know that. So thank you. Thank you. You bet. And to my listeners, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye. <laughs>